Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. I am Chris Levine, and I will be your host again this time around. Hey, I received some Spotify stats from last year. Listen to this. Uh, In 2022, our show had listeners in 31 states in the U.S. and in over 21 different countries. It was in the top 5% of the most shared podcasts on Spotify and our listenership went up 147%, not to mention that our follower count went up 80%. Now, for 32 of you out there, Spotify tells me that Refresher is your number one listen-to podcast. Thank you. And and we are in the top 25% of all followed podcasts on Spotify at 13% to be exact. And people, this is just Spotify. This isn't Apple or Google or the other platforms. I I said it last week and I'll say it again now. You did this. And I thank you sincerely for your support, for listening, and for being a friend of the show. So what are we talking about today? Well, check this out. Did you know that morphine and cocaine injection kits were once sold in the Sears catalog? (laughs) It's true. The doctor approved advertising stating that even a teething baby could be soothed to sleep if you had opium-based elixirs on hand, such as, for example, the morphine-rich Mrs. Winslow's Soothing Syrup. How about this fun fact? Once upon a time, really not that long ago, not only would you visit your barber for a shave and a haircut, but you might also have him extract a tooth or even attempt to fix a broken arm. Barbers then were known as barber surgeons, and this was actually a big part of their practice, bloodletting. In fact, if you ever wondered why a barber pole is red and white, it's from this history of bloodletting. Bloodletting was once practiced not just medically, but also as a way to release evil spirits from the body. It was also considered a treatment for a variety of conditions, everything from nosebleeds to pneumonia. Here's one more. You got a cough? I do trying to suppress it for this episode. (laughs) Well, back in the day, try heroin. Yes, heroin cough syrup was developed per Bayer Laboratories in 1898. Well, Bayer discontinued making this by 1910 when, shocker, shocker, they realized this is a little bit addictive. My point in all of this is that often the learned people in the world prescribe or do dumb things. Whether sincere or not, 
you know, it's it's easy for us to just go with it because, you know, they are the experts, right? And that's ultimately the paradox because, yes, they are the experts, but guess what? They're also human beings, which also means that they trip when they don't see the object blocking their path. It means that they might put their shirt on inside out and then leave the house. It may mean that while they're very smart, they're also as dopey as the rest of us. I love, love, love intellectual conversation. I mean, I love getting intellectual with people. Personally, I see myself sometimes as a teacher, but most of the time as a student. And usually, I assume that you know more than I do. So this kind of conversation works with, with most people. But some people are, are what are called, and what I definitely call, pseudo-intellectuals, where the knowledge is almost there, but the wisdom has gone bye-bye. For example, I have an uncle, a professor of Shakespearean literature at a college for many, many years. Brilliant dude. Fun to talk to. Totally good company. But I would bet you anything, respectfully, that if I ask this same man to get me a flathead screwdriver, he might hand me a fork. Yes, he's scary brilliant, but not necessarily practically so. And all of this makes me think sometimes. For example, I personally have strong feelings about the theory of evolution, much in the same respect. You know, disclaimer, my goal here is not to hurt anybody. But I, I do have to say this. If you are a smart, considered and advanced thinker or a scientific person, evolution is the club that you are required to join. But basic logic just doesn't cut it for me when it comes to evolution. I mean, really think about this. Are you listening on a phone or a tablet or a computer? Well, let's just pretend that that phone, tablet, or computer doesn't exist. Do you think that on its own, if I left the parts unto themselves, put them in the, on the same table, that over a few million years that that phone would somehow morph and pull itself together and start working? And that's with all the parts on the table. Would the parts just evolve out of nowhere and then it start working? I mean, in my world, someone had to design it and someone had to build it. And this is a phone. I mean, how much more complex is photosynthesis? Or a baby forming slowly and perfectly in the womb? Or the ocean? <sighs> With its, all the many and varied life within it that is just amazing to explore. I guess at this point, I can honestly say that I view evolution the same way as I do bloodletting. It, it's just an overall bad idea that as time goes by, it gets less and less believable. To me, it's totally illogical, totally improbable. And, and per the Huffington Post, Mr. Evolution himself, Charles Darwin, you know, respectfully, was negatively affected by his own philosophy. You see, 
Although he had a great appreciation of the arts and nature as a younger man, by the end of his life, he confessed to being somewhat disillusioned. But the fact of the matter is, is that he always said it was a theory and not a fact. But that doesn't matter by those who adopted it. For those who adopted it, it is pseudo-intellectualism at its finest. And this thing took off like a racehorse out of the gate. You see, pseudo-intellectualism takes what one man calls a theory and makes it into a fact and then sells it like cliff notes for the soul as required reading. In this sense, pseudo-intellectualism is like decision-making for dummies. And, and, and we either buy it and be good little co-pseudo-intellectuals or we get the wrath and ridicule that comes from not subscribing to the Daily Follower. It's interesting, people per Jamestown, which was horrible, uh, often use the expression drinking the Kool-Aid when it comes to blind belief, and it usually is applied to religion. But I'll be honest with you, I'm more afraid and sensitive to blind belief in pseudo-intellectualism, aka just people. People who are very smart, but try to convince me illogically that I came from an amoeba, which somehow morphed into a fish, much later morphed into a monkey, all through survival of the fittest, though physically fit amoebas, fish, and monkeys still exist right alongside me right now for some reason. Listen, I'm okay with people that don't believe like I do. I really am. It doesn't matter. You may believe completely differently, and you may believe in the same things or in completely different ways the same things. I'm really okay with it. But, but my issue is that there's often an elitism that comes within many circles simply when we view things differently. Case in point, I'm sure that way back in the day, if you had a gut feeling that giving cocaine-enhanced toothpaste to your teenager was a bad idea all those years ago, you know what would have happened. Well, the learned ones, the elites, would back then have looked down their noses at you, you brainwashed, uneducated little simpleton, until what would happen? Time would prove you right and would prove that they were criminally insane for putting out that product to the masses. In addition to this, there are people out there, mind you, as well, who know exactly what they're doing. They hide what they are, and then when they get what they want, they show their true colors. Let's think pop culture here. In 1949, there was a great movie called All the King's Men that was released. And it basically is talking about or showing about a charismatic Southern lawyer named Willie Stark, who was a populist hero. Everybody loved this guy, upstanding man in the eyes of voters. He presented himself as exactly what everybody wanted, what everybody needed. And these voters elect him to the governor's post. Now, as soon as he got there, once in power, Stark turns out to be as terrible as possible, domineeringly ruling the state, not even remotely looking like the guy on the campaign trail, cheating on his wife, and one by one, just simply disposing of those who dare challenge his authority. 
it's again an example of putting trust in what is popular at the moment and time proving that that's probably a bad idea interestingly when it comes to that film broderick crawford who gave a brilliant performance won an oscar and the movie won best picture of that year my question is this this was released in 1949 by the way based on a true story has anyone learned from it in real life or do most people just keep buying the snake oil each time elections roll around only to find hmm, this doesn't taste very good doesn't really seem to be doing anything and it's potentially making my world worse now if you know me and you know this show you know that this is a full-on apolitical agenda i'm not alluding to anybody or talking about anybody specifically now i have no dogs in the fight either way but you know what happens when you sit on the sidelines sometimes you think you see things more clearly you know you see how miserably the game out there is being played and how the refs constantly are missing half the fouls as they're blatantly happening right in front of them probably because they were paid to ignore them let's close here i am not a negative person i would love for everybody to be happy in fact if i could somehow make Candyland real instead of a board game I would totally live there and would invite you to live next door to me. But here's the thing, and basically the whole point of this. Don't simply believe what those who claim depth or self-imposed intellectualism tell you to believe without doing some homework first. When done thoroughly and truly intellectually, we may be surprised to find out what the truth really is. Now, one thing I feel it is, is totally liberating, let alone the fact that it's not that complicated. It's much easier to understand than buzzwords and jargon because it's based on something substantial and plausible. Maybe we can just put it this way and sum the whole thing up like this. Let's not be so fast to count our chickens before they hatch. And once they do hatch, let's not give them cocaine when they look sad. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist to shadow our overall theme. This time around, we have for you a Refresher podcast, pseudo-intellectualism, follow the bleeder playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast, Pseudo-Intellectualism, Follow the Bleeder. Let's look at our 10 songs this time. Track number one, from their Flip Your Wig record, it's Husker Du with Makes No Sense at All. Number two, Key Figure in Boogie Down Productions. KRS-One is next with Don't Fall For It. Number three, this is one of the mightiest rocking vocal fills ever. Listen in between the verses. It's just, it's just radical. Deep purple with bloodsucker. And now, kids, it's time for the pharmaceutical portion of our playlist. 
Number four, Cocaine by Eric Clapton. Number five, Sister Morphine by the Rolling Stones. And number six, Heroin by the Velvet Underground. So have fun with that. Number seven, Roy Ayer's Ubiquity with Evolution. Number eight, Why Won't You Make Up Your Mind by Tame Impala. Number nine, Jesus Jones with Trust Me. And number 10, Talk Talk with I don't believe in you. Yeah, that's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast, Pseudo-Intellectualism, Follow the Bleeder. Hey, we'd like to welcome some new listeners to our little show. Our demographic report shows that we now have new listeners in Corning, New York. Welcome to Refresher. Did you guys know that plants improve the air around you and they actually improve your mood? It's true. Well, Leafy is the world's first ever patented self-watering plant container. And in, a, in addition to this gadget, they sell beautiful plants. And the goal is for you not to just keep them in the house, but take them with you. The concept is to have a pet plant to go. Check out their awesome site. There's great videos showing you a lot of potential ways you could do this go to www.leafy.com that is www.leafve.com design craft another friend of the show is at the forefront of the millwork industry constantly innovating to meet custom needs you can check out samples of their unbelievable work at designcraft.com, but it's spelled a little differently. It is D-E-Z-I-G-N-K-R-A-F-T.com. And of course, we like to say hello to Jeff and Brian and their rotating cast of characters over at the Managing Expectations podcast. I was just on there again. It's always a lot of fun to join them. This is a podcast for interesting people by interesting people wading into all the things that make them interesting, be it music, art, books, movies, and generally the passing scene. You can check them out at their website, which is managingexpectationspodcast.com. And of course, you can listen to them any place that you listen to your podcasts out there. As mentioned at the beginning of this, this episode, this show simply would not exist without you. If you could all do me a favor and please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. Also, it really does help. If you would like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link or button under the episode description. It's really easy to find. Uh, If you're so inclined, that would be great. If you can't find the button, but you'd like to contribute, go to the website and you'll see it there or be able to ask a question. But whether you do or whether you don't, feel free to listen to this show anytime and enjoy it. Now, by the way, um, I've written some books, done some celebrity interviewing in these books and so forth. And some of those, as well as all of our T-shirts and merch for this podcast, can be found at our website, which is refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. That is refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. As always... The music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. Until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher. 
the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember, there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time.